Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Huddle with Monica D. Livingston, a safe space to dialogue, create, celebrate, and gain the tools to execute and dominate on the field or in life. This is the place where we discuss the fumbles and the touchdowns, the struggles and the successes. This is where we come to get better. So huddle up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Welcome to another episode of The Huddle with me, Monica D. Livingston. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We have one of my favorite women in the business on the show today, Lindsay Zarniak. She's a sportscaster, podcaster, mother, wife, and friend. Um, And and she's my personal friend, and I I take pride in saying that. I met Lindsay almost 20 years ago when she was working for Channel 4 here in Washington, D.C. We met at a charity event. Um, It was a fundraiser. And it was a uh, improv event. It was for the funniest sports celebrity in Washington. And I was the reigning champion from the year before. And I was back to defend my title. And I lost to Lindsay. I think she had she had a writer or something. So it was a little unfair. I was writing my own stuff and performing it. But it, it's whatever. Um, it was her inaugural season <laughs> for this event. Like I had been there two or three other times before. And she upset me. She took away my title and my trophy. And we've been friends ever since. Um, in this episode, we discuss her new podcast, uh, Athletes and Artists, her favorite guests thus far. Uh, how she is supporting her husband during this time of racial unrest in our country. And, and we even talk about what it's like to raise uh, racial, uh, racially aware biracial children uh, and, and how she's navigating some of the, the conversations she's starting to, to have to deal with or have with her young children. Uh, we then turned it up a bit. You know how we do. I had to have some fun with her and we played my game, What Would You Rather? And you got to keep listening to find out if Lindsay would rather have a conversation with her ancestors or future great great grandchildren. It got it got really fun. I just just keep listening. Um, there's also a tons of advice for budding journalists, and I even helped her pick out her new wallpaper. So you just got to keep listening. When we come back, our I slide team captain entering the huddle this week is no other than my friend Lindsay Zarniak. The Huddle with Monica D. Livingston team captain segment is sponsored by iSlide USA, the place to get your favorite team slides, NBA, WNBA, NHL, MLB, and more. You can also rep your college colors as you slide around campus in a pair of stylish and comfortable iSlides. And if you're feeling creative, design your own pair of slides. That's my favorite part. I get to put whatever I want on a pair of slides. Visit islideusa.com and get started. Use code MONICA. That's right, you heard me. Use code M-O-N-I-C-A at checkout and receive 15% off of your total purchase. And while you're there, take a look at my personal collection. I designed each pair myself. Go do it now. Stand in what you stand for with Islide USA. And welcome back. And our iSlide team captain today in the huddle is, well, my friend, Lindsay Zarniak. You guys know Lindsay Zarniak. Uh, she's the anchor for Fox Sports, NASCAR, NFL. Uh, we met years ago when she was here in the hometown in D.C. She is host of a brand new podcast that I am totally loving. Artist, the artist and the athlete, parent, wife. Lindsay, how you living? I'm good. It's so good to see you. I um, it's I, I love anytime I connect can connect with you. We're good. I mean, we're just living like everybody else. You know, yeah. like yeah, it's, it's been a uh, lot, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's everything's great. Summer is crazy because I feel like now is when stuff's about to get nutty for us. So, right. which is you know, in the past it hasn't been the 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 case. So now we're just you know, I've been enjoying a few weeks of chill time and we're ready to break. So are the kids going to camps and stuff now that you know they will, so they will be there. yeah they will be they're still in school um and we're just in the thick of like i'm about to start a couple work projects and then we've got the olympics this summer and it's just like all this stuff so it's 
it's great, very exciting, but also um, I feel like this whole year, this past year has just, I don't even know what I've done. Do you know what right, I mean? Right. Like for everybody. And it's been such a whirlwind of like, just one foot in front of the other, you know? Yeah. And so now it just kind of feels weird when you're actually looking ahead and you're planning stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. wait a minute. Um, it's just, it's like crazy times, man. Yeah. You know, for me, um, COVID, you know, I was doing a lot of traveling, speaking, and then yeah. it was Holt and I was home and it really gave me an opportunity to slow down, to, to pause, to think, and also regroup, do some things differently. Finally got the podcast up, finally did my website yeah. again, finally made some connections with people that I've been putting off. Um, so it was, you know, it, it was good for me. I hate to use the word good in COVID in the same yeah. sentence, you know, it just feels icky, but it was a time where for me to slow down and kind of rejuvenate and, and look at what I think is most important. Um, did you have that same kind of thing? Were you able to pause a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think so. I will. Here's what happened with me. I was traveling during the NFL season every weekend mm -hmm. minus three because I got COVID and, um, luckily it was like a mild case, but so I was on the road we made that work. And, you know, like with kids and family, like it was, it actually worked well. Like they did really well with the routine of it because kids do good with that. If, and so that was positive, but then I got home in January after being on the road and I sort of like three weeks after I was really excited, you know, like when you have a job like that, and I'm not sure if it's like that for you when you're speaking and whatnot, it's like, you're on the road, on the road, on the road, yeah. really excited about being yeah. back and not being on the road, but being honest, like I, it hit me like three weeks after I was home that i just was like, I don't know what this feeling is. Like, I think I was kind of, I had put off to the side during all my travels, all the COVID stuff and just the emotion of all of it too. Right. And it just kind of hit me. And I like kind of struggled for a few weeks being like, I don't know what this is. Like, I just, I don't, mm. I, I don't know. I, I think I honestly, I think it was just a bit of like COVID depression that everyone yeah. has dealt with. And like, so it was weird for me, it manifested in that time. And I was still so thankful to be home with my, with my kids and everything. But I think I felt like I'm in, in this house every day. I, there was definitely a benefit to being home and I loved it, but I really had to figure out like, okay, it, at the end of the day, what I took from that was I need to take time for myself. Right. I need to just like be quiet. It's hard for me to <laughs> be quiet sometimes. <laughs> Shocker. Like I just, I stuff my life with like stuff. Right. And I, I really kind of had to deal with that and be like, all right, I need to go for some walks. I need to figure out what the hell this is. Like, yeah, no, I was the same way. I mean, weird. when I went to put my suitcase away, right. Cause I kept it in the room kind of safe. I mean, it was kind of soft packed, you know, it always had yes. like the toiletries in it, their underwear, you know what I'm saying? Like it was already, yeah. already ready in case I had to go. And the day I remember, I was like, well, I guess I'll take it to the basement. I was like, yep. that's oh, where I take mine too, man. Like what's it doing down there? And it didn't even really have a space. Like I had to make a space for it because it hadn't been yeah. there in, you know, three years. Um, you know, so it was it was difficult. And I think I went through that same thing where I had a, okay, so now what, um, yeah. you know, what do I do? Who am I now? And yes. what am I supposed to be doing? And then I can't wallow in whatever, because people are losing their jobs. People are hungry and people yes. are sick. So Monica, no one wants to hear you try to figure out, you know, I also felt like I can't really put this anywhere because I'm still grateful, you know? Oh well, yeah. And I think like, put that out there disclaimer. Yes. Like we're at same exact situation. I get it. And it's true. Cause you feel like an ass. Cause obviously right. there are people right. that are losing their lives, losing family members. Yes. I think you, you hit the nail on the head and like what it, what I kind of stepping back have realized with myself is it for me has been this four year, almost four year thing about what you just said. Like, okay, now what, who am I having to mm -hmm. answer or feeling like I've had to answer to this group of which are like just random expectations that aren't even my own. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm creating yeah, this. Yeah. So I think for me, it was like, okay, it was the slowdown. I was ready to fully embrace the slowdown, 
But for me, the slowdown has never felt fully comfortable because mm-hmm. I felt like I was always supposed to also be doing something. Right, and right. Even in the times when I've just wanted to really just be fully present, I've right. created stuff for myself because I felt like I kind of had to, you know, like for to appease others expectations and it's not like an other who's a person that I can like name it's right right it's not like you got support right yeah like Craig's not sitting around going what are you doing do something right right (laughs) and so I think that for me like when in that time in January it was like okay now you just have to sit there and kind of deal with it like what is maybe you don't just don't have to do anything right now, but like, what is, it's that thing that keeps bubbling up for me. And when I say the four years, I think frankly, it's because that was when I left ESPN. So it's like, since then it's been this, like, and what I'm, is what I'm doing good enough? Is it perceived as I'm still like, is it, am I relevant? Am I what, like now this just got really deep in the first like six minutes of your conversation. That's okay. That's all right. (laughs) But that's what it is. It's like, it's just, it is. And so I think about that and I listen now to a lot. Like I'm, I've been listening to a lot of Oprah because for some reason mm. that's speaking to me and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I'm listening to people say, and the people I'm resonating with right now are experts she has on who are like, you have to find your true self. And it's like, you know, you don't have to answer anyone else. And I'm like, yeah. So it's just, this has yeah. been a year of complete, like really good reflection, good downtime. And now I'm definitely still trying to figure it out. Well, let me ask you this. How did you do self-care? Like, what do you do for self-care? Um, I, that's a great question. I was actually just listening to a, uh, a kid psychology seminar they had for my son's school. Cause they were talking about how important self-care is for yourself and for your child because of kids that are dealing with stuff. Um, so I feel like sometimes I go on walks. Um, I am really trying to carve out time to just think, but I definitely have not been good at that because I, I do struggle with like, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. So I'm trying to, to do that more, like just for me getting out of the house and like going and sitting someplace is where I do that best, you know, mm-hmm. cause I have found that like, if, if my people are around, I kind of want to see them and be with them. And right. um, so that like, that's really the extent of it. It's like taking time. It's also taking time to I guess now, now that, um, restrictions are getting lifted, like seeing friends and yeah. connecting with friends more. Um, yeah, that's no, I asked other... that question because I think it looks different for everybody, right? Like everybody's I not going to do yoga or, or yeah. whatever. So I want people to know that there, there are different ways to, you know, for self-care. I'm like, you, know, I want to hang out with people and, and feed off of their energy and give energy. That's, you know, taking care of, of me. What's, um, so yeah, I think it's the, different for everybody. What is your thing? Like, for me, I do like working out is big. And for me, it right. doesn't have to be a gargantuan thing, but like, I feel 10 times better if I've sweat, right. <laughs> like, if I could get 20 minutes in a day, whatever. But, um, but yeah, it is also like, I think finding time to be calm. Cause I do feel like I don't, I don't want, I'm trying to get better at like being somewhere early, not I try to step stuff in. And so sometimes I'm the person <laughs> that'll show up a little bit late. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I'm trying to work on that, but like, uh, yeah. Also like, I do think relationships are so key and I don't know if you've experienced this also, but like for me being in such a male dominated industry for so long and also the nature of sports and when you're on the road and all that, and also the nature of my business and trying to make it in a business and broadcast right. where you're like hopping from place to place. I haven't, I do feel like I haven't always done as good a job as I could do in just relationships and like what it means to be a really good, consistent friend. That's very important to me. Mm, like, you mm. know, and like, that's something that I feel like I, I just really realize how, how important that is, you know? Right. Right. And, and that's something that I didn't put a lot of stock in early on. So there's that. Yeah, that's cool. And you, you, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, this male dominated space. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that for, yeah. you know, a little bit. You came on the scene, it was George Michael, right? What year was that? That's 2000. Yeah. 2004 slash five is when I came up. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and that was, you know, kind of unprecedented, right? Like 
he didn't, I don't know how many women were in sports um, at that time, especially locally for us. I mean, you, you were it. And how did that come about? Did you remember a conversation that he had with you or, you know, was it his decision to give you that shot or the networks or what happened? Yeah. You mean, um, right. You mean that job? Yes. Um, Well, so I was in Miami and I was, uh, doing sports at a station down there. Like, so first of all, this path was crazy because I had started in news and I fully thought that I was going to follow that track. Like that's what I was setting out to do was like, okay, I love storytelling. I was, I've always been into news, but also like music entertainment. And I also, I liked sports, but it was very intimidating to me. Like I, I can remember when I was at CNN out of school, that was my first job. I was obviously behind the scenes there, but I was just doing all the production assistant type work. And I remember there was a day when I saw this woman, Nancy Newman, who was sitting on the set and she was their sports caster. She was doing NBA highlights. And I was watching her like from the back of the newsroom. And I was just like, wow, how does she do that? Like it, to me, that seems so impossible Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have never even dreamed that. Right. So, th- so flash forward to, I'm a news reporter in um, Jacksonville and I tagged along with the guys in the sports department because I, I also at the same time had made friends with some people that worked at speed channel. Right. Okay. And okay. so I started to understand and get a little bit involved in racing on the side. That was oh. a complete anomaly that like happened. Cause I was working down in Florida and I really liked it. But I went with the guys at my sports, at my news station who were in the sports department to tag along at a NASCAR race. And we were waiting for an interview um, in Victory Lane. And we struck up a conversation with these guys from Miami. So those guys from Miami end up saying like, hey, you seem capable. We have an opening that just came up because the woman who's working for us is ironically going to work in Washington, D.C. She was going to the sports machine. And they were like, the job is you're a sportscaster, but really you're focusing on the Miami Dolphins off the field because you're okay. going you're gonna to host this show called Fins TV. So I was like, oh, that sounds intriguing. But like that, so that was a safe way to get into it because right. I loved storytelling. I loved football, but it was like a different kind of avenue. So long story short, I take that job. And then after being in Miami for a couple of years and I loved it, George called me, cold called me. What? I was I was at an airport and I was waiting for a um, baseball player who was coming to play for the Marlins and he was arriving at the airport and my phone rings and it was George and I thought George was I was like oh my god of course I know who George Michael is because I'm from right. from Virginia right. and him and Glenn Brenner were, were like it and I thought he was calling for video I was like well he must be calling to get um, Carlos Delgado like this is he's a huge signing whatever. And George was like, Zarniak. Um, and he he talked to me. He's like, I want to bring you up here to have you come and join our team. And I was like, what? This is crazy. And he had seen me. What the irony is, I found out years later, he had seen me um, on Speed Channel. That's how he okay. found me. Because his son-in-law watched racing. And I was doing some reporting for them. So that was so random. But anyway... Right. Cause it wasn't even the, the stuff you were currently doing. It wasn't no. even the thin, whatever. You right. know, with- it wasn't. So that was crazy. And it was, and that story gets even crazier. I won't bore you with the details cause it takes forever, but I turned it down first at first because he, I was kind of intimidated by the bravado that went along with it and what he was saying. And, and I was also at that time getting opportunity with the Miami affiliate where I was working mm-hmm they were giving me opportunities to potentially like host a daytime show for them that was there. And also the network had asked me to do a couple things like poker and like, all, ran. so I was really so felt safe. You, yeah. you stayed where it was safe. Yeah. I felt like, and also I was listening to people that were, you know, they were my team at the time. It was like agents and different people that were saying, right. like, stay here. If you go, they were like, if you go to Washington, Yes, it's a, it's a great market. He's a great proven guy, but we don't know that you'll be able to continue to do these things that NBC is asking you to do at a network level because they didn't know if George would let me do it. So right. it was a huge gamble. So anyway, so I turned it down and I knew right away that it was the mistake. And so that's a whole different story. Um, and then he let me get the opportunity back, which was a crazy Dang. story in itself. <laughs> you said no to George Michael. 
I don't think I'd do yeah, that. But I mean, but like, here's the, the reality is, I'm sure there were a lot of other people that were also being considered and courted for that job. I know that to be true. Okay. And I do know that there was... It, it was obvious what it was. It was like, okay, it's his way or the highway. Right. He runs things very differently. Yeah. It he, was his show. You were joining his show. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I will say what I started to really crave and what attracted me most about the opportunity was he was like, you will come here and this will be a boot camp. And basically is what he was saying. And he was like, my team is like unmatched. And it was easy to see that. Like when I went up, when he brought me up for the interview, it was like the way they worked, they were a well-oiled machine and everybody, Mm. and they were cohesive and people might've perceived him as being heavy handed and crazy. And there are stories that would support that, but, (laughs) but he did it in a way that he ran it a small version of what I experienced years later at ESPN. He did. And I I don't care who you are. That standard is not matched. It's not like, because, and part of that is like, he's like the gruff soccer coach I had as a kid who was really tough. And sometimes he might make me cry. George never made me cry, but like, (laughs) but like you wanted to play your best for him and that's how it was. And that's like, so really, so anyway, once I got there, once we smoothed everything out and it worked, um, that was like what I experienced. And he did bring me in and he did what he said. He was like, you will, I will put you in a position to meet these people. And he did that. Like the way that he introduced me to the powers that be in that market at the time, the coaches, the general managers, like that mattered. It mattered and it made a significant difference. And like, so I owe everything that I had from that time to the way that he brought me in truly like I right because been, you were able to utilize that 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 skill set that you learned through him and probably yeah. navigating other situations right totally. like and like yeah the way that um the relationships too though like that it wouldn't they wouldn't have it would have been more of an uphill battle with the relationships if you know the way that he he had very strong relationships with so many difference makers in the town at that time and so he was kind enough to bring me in and introduce me to them in a way that like, you know, it, the way I carried myself really mattered as it should for anybody. Right. It's like, you have, you know, it's just that he presented, he set me up to succeed by the way he introduced me, you know? Yeah. And then your talent finished it. Oh, (laughs) like check. So being a woman in sports, let me ask you this. What's, what's one of the craziest things that someone has said to you that, um, you know, might make, uh, uh, Craig storm out of a room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like there are funny moments where like an athlete, like one time an athlete got mad at me from a question and he threw a water bottle at me. And that actually was a what? source of pride. That was actually, I actually liked that. Cause I was like, Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, but like, okay. And we made up, we made up and that's fine. But like, I, um, but so like that was a positive thing because you're treated like one of the guys um, something that someone said, I mean, like I've been in positions where if someone like on a coaching staff has like come up and just said something that is wildly, like maybe they're sharing a joke and it's wildly inappropriate. And you're mm-hmm. just like, really that person just shared, but, and I don't, you know, my younger self is like, okay, well, that's cool that that person feels safe to share a joke like that with me. But like, really is it? Right. I don't know. So Right. Like it, it's wrong on every level, but I see yeah. what you're saying, but they so weren't like, afraid to say it in front of you means that they really are looking at you just as a journalist and not as the woman. Yeah. That's a journalist, but the journalist first. Right. So like, right. So there's been stuff like that. Um, craziest thing, you know, like I haven't had many moments where someone has said to my face, like, Oh, well, you know, you can't do that or anything like that. Cause I don't think people are that brazen typically, um, you know, but it's, I would say like there are moments where you just know that you're not taken as seriously, I guess, you know, right. That's right. Not. You feel it. Yeah. 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 Um, what advice would you give to a young woman breaking into the media world right now? And what it's specifically in sports. <sighs> there's so much, you know, like there really is so much. I think that, uh, I mean, 
I would think you probably agree. Like there's so much opportunity out there right now because of how, you know, I do feel like things are changing that you always things are changing and evolving, you know, but I think that there's a lot of opportunity. I think the biggest thing for me is, well, number one, I do, this is sort of, this can be taken for females or men that are breaking in but then I'll, I'll get to females. Like, I think the people matter the most, right? Like, so relationships matter and mm-hmm. treating people well matter. And that's yes. everyone like yes. <laughs> from the, and it's not just because you feel like it's going to get you something, but it's like, it matters how you treat the the head coach, the general manager, the players, the security guards. Do you know what right. I mean? Like that's yeah. just yeah. I have this thing where I say, you know, people say location, location, location. I say relationships, relationships, relationships. Right. Yes. And and everything that we learned in kindergarten is really how we should be living the world. Share your freaking toys and be nice. <laughs> like, that's it. It's, just no, share your toys and be nice. It's like, so true. And um, I just had a conversation with. Um, so Shaq, I just had Shaq on the podcast. And because you're talking about this, I want to share this. He said he was talking about, um, he said the number one thing, he's like, I'm so big on relationships. And he, he said, and to demonstrate that, let me tell you this story. And he said that he was at a hotel and mm-hmm. the people next to him were big wigs and they had kids and Shaq was playing with the kids and Shaq was just treating the kids like he would because he's goofy. He's funny. He loved right. kindness. And he was just playing with them, playing with them. And at the end of the time they were playing, the guy that was their father, whoever was like, you know, I have been around several big name athletes. No one has ever taken the time with my kids. And he goes, I want to introduce you to something because of it. And he said, I want to teach you about something called Google. He what? shows Shaq this, what Google is. This was obviously years ago. Right. The point of Shaq saying this is because he was in into investments, right? Right. So the guy's like, this is something you need to know. This is it. This is what it's going to be. And Shaq's like, that really sounds legit. Call my guy. Right. Shaq's guy calls the Google guy. Shaq's guy's like, this thing's legit. Wow. Shaq becomes an investor in Google. And his point was, so we were on the topic of venture capitalists and all that stuff. Right. But he was like, kindness at the core is the only reason that I am where I am because of that. Right. And I was like, wow, that is, but anyway, so that's like our story, but um, yeah, so it's, it's that. And then for women, it really, I just think the way that you carry yourself really always matters. And it should be like really obvious, captain obvious, but it's true. And also like, but that also means standing up for yourself. Yeah. And if something feels wrong, like, and I, I just mean, even the way that someone's talking to you or whatever, like there's a support system for that, you know, and it's all the other females with you. Like, like, you know, you know, like, speak up. Like I really, I've started yeah. doing like, see something, say something yeah. It feels wrong. Say something. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think that in the past couple of years, I've just been like, you know, the only way to really in, like influence change is someone's got to be the person that stands up when it feels uncomfortable, but then also you've got to have that force that's going to lean in with you. And so I just, I don't really know if it makes a lot of sense what I'm saying, but I just, yeah. Well, it goes back to relationships though. Right. Cause yeah. you, you would need to have a, a, a some backup, a posse with yeah. you and, and build other relationships so that you have a safe space to go to someone and say, hey, Lindsay, this felt wrong to me. Has this ever yeah. happened to you? What do you think I should do? And then not be competitive, right? You give me the real advice, not the advice that's going to get me, you know, out yeah. the door and out of your way, exactly. right? But like, you know, the real advice. And I think that's based on on relationships, like you said. So that that's super cool. I know we're getting low on time. So I want to just ask you a couple more things. Um, and then we'll go into our two minute drill. So okay. you are um, married to this guy. He's kind of famous too. Um, yeah, Craig Melvin, he has a little job or something on, uh, I don't know, one of the new shows. Who knows, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Does a couple of little things um, at nighttime too, yeah. but eh, whatever. Uh, and he is, he's a black guy. Yeah. And you guys are an interracial couple raising kids where right now in this day and age, it seems like race is at every corner talking about it and critical race theory and people are upset what's being taught, what's not being taught. How are you guys navigating and, and you know, raising kids in this climate right now? It's um, a sort of learning experience 
as we go. Example, we haven't, you know, obviously there are the images and the TV and the things that kids see there, right? So we have not had many experiences where we have, we haven't yet used that kind of stuff um, as like teachable moments because our kids ages, they're four and seven. And so, however, we have kind of, we've used what's going on and used other sort of like, I guess, um, I don't know, like other moments that we can demonstrate like something that we, we need, we feel like we need to talk about, but my husband, my son, not my husband, my son, the other day we were watching TV and, um, and he said, Oh dad, that guy's, um, black like you. And then he said, my son's like, yeah. And Sibby, my daughter, Sibby right. white, like mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, mm. and I right away was like, actually, no Dell. I was like, she's black like you, you know? And then I'm like, in my mind, Oh, is that right? Like, am I supposed to say that? Like, is that like, what are, you know? So for right. me, it's a constant, mm, yeah. am I saying the right thing? But we are, we're working on that, like, so that they understand, you know, that was the first time my son has ever been like, Hey, he's black and I'm black like you, you know, like right. identify that there's a difference. So we are, which is, which is totally age appropriate. I remember I'm really? sitting downstairs with my nephew. He's 15 now, but right at that same age, I think he was six or seven in the basement. They came, they came to visit and he's pointing to some kind of cartoon on, um, uh, or Nickelodeon or some kind of show. It wasn't a cartoon, it was a show. And he says um, something about the guy. And I said, which guy? Yeah. And he said, uh, the guy, I said, the black guy, because it was only one black character. I said, the black guy. And he looked at me and he said, um, the guy with the red shirt. <laughs> and I was like, the black guy. And he said, uh, I guess. And I run upstairs. I'm like, Reggie. Your son doesn't know he's black. Like I wanted to do this thing. I was like, dude, he's downstairs talking about the dude in a red shirt. I'm like, you better tell him right before somebody else tells him, and it won't it'll be uncomfortable. And he was like, we haven't gotten there yet. It hasn't yeah. come. Out. We're working on it, but just how innocent. And I think it's funny that they'll have the kind of same yeah. you know reaction right at that same age because before that, man, they're just innocent. They're so you know? yeah, and so ruin it, you know. <laughs> So incredibly innocent and, you know, like he, he always is, it's like, we obviously, when we hang out, if we do vacations with our families, it looks totally different. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. But he thinks everybody's family looks like that, right? Like that's. They never once even asked or said anything. So it is still, we're still in that innocent zone, but we do realize that you know, it's important and that kids are starting to say random stuff and and that's a thing. And so, um, you know, I think that we, we try our best with it. We have definitely started having that conversation to address, but right now we also are like, okay, let's just give them the tools that we can. It's not overwhelming them, but I mean, like, look, I'm all ears too, because I ask my mother-in-law like all the time, you know, like what, what did you do? How do you do it? When did you do it? And it's like, I think knowledge is so powerful. You yeah. Know? But yeah. it's hard. It's yeah. Well, that's good. You have heard, you yeah. know, to lean on to get that, you know, the the insight. Cause it's got to be this balance of like, I'm just gonna raise them colorblind, like, why does it matter? But then you want to give them the information. Yes that the rest of the world is going to hit them with, you know, and so they'll have, they'll be able to navigate that. So I would imagine that's, that's difficult. What what have you done or have you done anything different in your allyship journey here? Like have you you changed anything um, that you're doing differently with, in, at home? Like, have you decided to support, you know, Melvin differently than before all this came up or, you know, I mean, obviously you're not racist. You married to a black man. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, does it look different? Like, does it feel different? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's reading more it is. And it's like paying attention and like, honestly, the way I felt really helpless about it when this when things were really becoming yeah. bad. And, and and I say that like sounding like feeling like a moron because obviously it's always been bad, but right, I'm saying like right. when things were, um, you know, particularly around George Floyd and just in things before then, I felt helpless because I'm like, what? I really don't know what I don't know so much, you know? And so yeah. I started talking to my mother-in-law about it 
a lot. And like, we really hadn't talked about it before. So that is one way that was more like a personal thing for me. Oh, wow. So you hadn't talked about it before. Did you approach her? I did. And I called, well, I called her because I was like, I felt this, like, I felt helpless because like as an individual, like, and just as a wife and as a, and being like, hmm, I really want to just know more. I want to understand more. But also I felt like as a journalist, I'm like, I feel really helpless because Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm married to a black man. And what can I, so I felt like, you know what, I'm going to see if she would be willing to have a conversation and have that conversation and, and tape it. Right. And so we did that. And yeah, I saw had, a little bit of that. I, I was I just wondering if it was your idea. Yeah, that's but, amazing. But I did it first before we taped it. Cause I okay. was like, I didn't want to just do it like for a gratuitous situation, but like to talk to her. And we, we talked about some things and that was very, that first conversation was very eye opening to me. We, the one we didn't record. Cause I was like, Holy crap. Like it just still feels so, and this, I, I, it's very naive, but it still feels so sometimes hard to believe certain things right. that people went through. Yeah. I mean, because it's embarrassing that anyone ever had to endure that. And it's just like shocking that that ever happened in the first place. Yeah. So, well, so, and it's also uh, so removed from your core. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of times people, yeah. we, we get understanding through being able to, you know, experience similar things. And so it's so far removed from your core that somebody would treat someone yeah. or say something just because the outside of their skin happens to be darker. Like even when I say it, I'm laughing because it, it's not a joke, but it is, it's ridiculous to me that that means something, this, this covering yeah. it, it, to some people. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I think that's probably what the struggle is about is because you got to be like huh like what <laughs> like, right are you kidding me right and then but it's real right and then that that like when you add your own children into it like that's what makes me also physically want to vomit like I feel like I could fizzle physically throw up from things that my mother-in-law has told me or things that my husband has shared because it just like it breaks your heart like you're right. like how could someone that you love so deeply be treated like that but then when you also think about it in terms of the future for your own kids, it's like, oh, you know, um, yeah. like it just, it gives it different. Um, yeah, no, I, hopefully by the time, you know, it's time for you guys to have the talk with Dell, maybe the talk won't be needed, you know? Maybe, but um, I mean, like also I have friends who have, um, we've had a, like intense conversations who are in the Asian American community that's, yeah. and, and that like, it's the same thing. Like that's, I, I mean, that's a, another side of thing. I, I had no idea the thing. I, I opening for me too. I was like, they, wait, what? And Not just us, what? Right. Yeah. Things that they've been called and just the way I'm just like, Oh my God. So yeah. It's, I, so anyway, you asked me about the um, ways of like allyship. So it's really, it's like that for me, it's been like conversations also reading certain books that my husband suggested that they've suggested, but also like, um, I think just, yeah, showing up and supporting when you can, like there are, whether it's events or, you know, anything, I don't know. And listening and dialoguing, man, I think that's, that's the thing how we move the needle. Like, I don't think you can change anything with people that aren't willing to have a conversation. I'm always willing to have a conversation. And I, I say this all the time to certain people that politically disagree with me. I'm like, come on the show, let's talk. And most of the yeah. time they won't, right? They're like, oh, they just want to hide behind a Facebook comment or whatever. And I'm always like, hey, meet me here on Zoom. Let's do it. Let's let's yeah. get into it, right? Come on, you know? man. <laughs> meet me right here. But they don't, they don't show up. And those are the people that you can't change their minds, right? But anytime you can get people in a room and talk and dialogue, it, I, I remain hopeful. So let's have That's some great. fun. I'm going to uh, call out a couple things. Right. You cannot give any explanation at all. You just need to just say the whichever one. I'm gonna give you two. You choose one. Don't care why. All we'll right. talk about it at the All end. Right. Rapid fire. Are you oh. ready? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Hip hop or country? Ah, this is so hard. Come on, man. Hip hop or country? Country. <laughs> Book club or the club? <laughs> Book club. <laughs> Sports car or SUV? SUV. Take a class or teach a class? Take a class. Beach or cabin? Beach. Hoodie or dress up? Hoodie. Hoodie. <laughs> you rocking the hoodie now. <laughs> I love it. Uh, movies or play? 
Ooh, movies. Uh, chocolate milk or white milk? Chocolate milk. You knew that. No <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Cook or take out? Take out. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Sausage or bacon? Bacon. Uh, chess or checkers? Checkers. Fly or drive? Fly. Baked or fried? Baked. Pie or ice cream? God, these are like, this is, how can you not do explanation? <laughs> ice cream. Treadmill or bike? Treadmill. Skydiving or, ki- or kayaking? Skydiving. Saturday nights or Sunday mornings? Oh, that's a good one. Sunday morning. Yeah, I like a Sunday morning. Have a morning. morning. I love. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a couple that you can have some explanation about. One last question, then I'll let you go. Ancestors or your future uh, great grandkids? Who would you rather have a conversation with, and why? Oh my God, that might be the deepest question I've ever been asked. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Ancestors ancestors because i i really believe in i mean i i i would definitely want to know my future great grands but i want i would love to just learn from them you know like i yeah. think that there's there are so many messages that um that or so many things like lessons that you can take yeah what do great get, grandkids know right they're like kids they don't know anything right <laughs> so yeah. let's talk to them they're like <laughs> Right. What do they they think about me? What do they think about my influence on you? (laughs) Exactly. Um, Um, X-ray vision or magnified hearing? Oh God, X-ray vision. Oh, really? My God, I do not want to hear. Like seriously, I would not want to hear what people are saying because it's only going to make you crazy. There's some things I don't want to (laughs) see. Well, that's true. You might need to think about that one. Right? Now, what about a rewind button on life or a fast forward button? Rewind. Because mm. I, I just don't believe in, I think some things you're not supposed to know. Mm, okay. So you don't want no. that future. Let it, let it, I don't come, want let that it happen. Future. I don't want gotcha. to know. I don't want to know. Speaking of rewind, this is our last question, our fourth and one question, I call it. Biggest regret or setback? And you can share if you want, but really what I'm looking for is what you learned from it and how you apply it today. Well, oh, it's, I mean, it's hard to pick just one. (laughs) No, I haven't had many. Um, I, biggest regret, well, I have a really random one that I just need to let go of. So I'm just going to say it. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. And this is not because professionally, of course you've had, like, I think everyone's had setbacks. Um, Right. I don't consider my, like, I think whenever I hear that question, I think like people probably would expect like when I I left my job at ESPN, that's not one for me because there was like a a decision process that was really clear. And so that's why. So it was like, okay, this is my, um, Although now I'm turning this into my own therapy session. So obviously, right. it's my kind of um, no, so like that was one that was a, a pivot that was a, anyway. So the one that is a regret is in high school, my senior year, I played lacrosse and I loved lacrosse and I always really wanted to do theater also. Right. I loved mm-hmm. sports, but I loved theater and I had an opportunity to try out for the play and the tryout went really well. And I remember one friend of mine being like, oh my gosh, that you definitely going to get that part. And then I didn't get the part. And it was the same time as my, um, the spring season of lacrosse. And I remember there was an opportunity. I was like so devastated, but I I would knew, okay, it's all right. I'm going to do lacrosse. And then there was an opportunity to do a play in this, like a small, really small, like role where it wasn't like a speaking role or anything. Okay. And I chose to do that instead of playing lacrosse. And I really wish I would have played lacrosse because I did that and I did it. It was, and I don't know what the real, the big lesson was because I still love theater. I would have loved to have done that. Like, but it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Because I was not able to speak. And I was just like (laughs) basically standing on stage 
And I gave up and turned down the opportunity to compete with my team and my friends. And at the time I was like, no, this is like going to be great. I want to be in this. And so I, I had a reason for doing it. But I, um, now that I look back, I'm like, damn, I wish I would have would have played and not okay. done that. And so I don't know, like I enjoyed what I was doing at the time, but it was like, so I think the lesson there is like, pay attention to what you're going to get out of it and really weigh that, you know? Yeah. And what Maybe. you could lose. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. miss out on. So yeah, that's good stuff. That is good stuff. My friend. Oh, uh, can, you, can you do one thing for me? Yeah. Where I, I need to pick wallpaper because um, <laughs> this space is changing and I have three samples. Are you kidding me? This space has been like in the Washington Post. It's been a day show. Like, I mean, so that's why I feel it? a lot of pressure and I'm not, I feel also karma. Like I don't want to just recreate it to recreate it. Cause I feel like that's not good, but I'm considering we we're moving homes and I'm considering okay. a couple of options. So let me see one. Hmm. Okay. 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 Oh, I'm feeling that one. Nah, <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> okay. Why? Why are you feeling this one? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, that I could sit in the room. It's like the cloud game and probably pick out pictures. I love yeah. this one, but I'm worried that it's going to be what it might produce like seizures for people. Yeah. I just think it's too, it's too much. Like it's just going to like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like it's going to feel like a flashing light constantly. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. I like, and I like the color. I like the deep blue. Blue's also that royal blue is my favorite color. So I like that color too. I had some other ones also. Let me see. But there, but I've I've ixnayed these, although now I'm not gonna be able to find them. So that yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I can't wait to see if uh, after you get all of the different votes, if mine is up there in the top or not. <laughs> so oh, that'd be that. awesome. I love uh, your tell background people. and I'm inspired. So they, <laughs> oh yeah, the background. Uh tell people about where they can download your show, who's coming yeah. up. Um yeah. for- please. Um so the one out now is Shaq and the Chainsmokers. And I I loved it because there was wow. just so much interesting stuff that they connected on and I did not expect it. So you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, anywhere. It's called The Artist and the Athlete with Lindsay Zarniak. And um it's, you know, we've it's been challenging because we've run the game, we've done country, we've done hip hop. So to me, my like an anxiety I had coming into this is like, how are we gonna reach the same listener for Brad Paisley and Clayton Kershaw as we are for Ray Lewis and Kirk Franklin. You know what right, I mean? And, right. Um, that was an awesome episode, by the way. Thank the you. Lewis, I, it was an awesome episode. I love that one. They were so great. But anyway, yeah. it's been a real, it's been a, an awesome experience. Awesome. And I've definitely learned a lot from all of these people because it's been like, there are just so many things that you take out of it. And a lot of it's similar. A lot of it is like, the relationships and all that stuff. It's just really cool to hear those lessons from similar people. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, it was a fantastic idea when I read the title, I was like, Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Right. Because there's so many similarities in practicing working together, teamwork, if you've got a band or, you know, and all yeah. there's their synergy there. And I think most people try to identify and see themselves in either entertainers or athletes. Yes, and true. so when you're listening, you know, I was listening and I was like, oh, I'm a little bit Kirk. I'm a little bit Ray, you, you know, yeah. and you can find that. And so, and of course, you know, both of them are tripping. I could listen to all day, any, any day, all the time. But uh, yeah, wow. so I, congratulations, because I'm I'm listening. Yeah. It is awesome. I'll go on and do a, a bunch of reviews too. Thank um, you. So yeah, keep doing it. What else is you know new? What can people expect? Are we just concentrating on the podcast right now or any other surprises? Well, we're doing, um, uh, in June, I'm hosting a racing series that is going to be on CBS for on CBS primetime Saturday nights. It's, um, SRX superstar racing series. And we're going to six different short tracks across the country and you can see it Saturday night with your family. And it's stars of racing, all different walks of racing, like Tony Stewart, um, Elio Castroneves, the Indy car driver, you know, so all these different, um, drivers competing against each other and it's going to be, it's entertainment, it's racing. It's going to be awesome. Sweet. And, um, yeah. So that, and then a little, a little project coming up in the summer that has to do with 
some Olympics. So yeah, that's okay. (laughs) So you're busy. You're busy, busy. busy. And that's good. All right, Lindsay, thank you so, so very much for being the iSlide team captain in the huddle today. This has been wonderful. I will keep listening to your podcast. People, you got to check this out. Uh, You got to check out Lindsay's podcast and everything that she does. She is amazing. I am so honored to call you a friend. Thank you. I have to have you come back because I felt like we got some stories there, just the tip of it um, that we could dig a little deeper. Okay, you got it. So we'll have you come back another Anytime. time. But thank you so very much. I appreciate you. Thank you for the therapy session. This has been great. <laughs> great Take care. to see you, my friend. Okay. Didn't you just feel like you were just sitting around in the living room with Lindsay? That's how she does, man. It's just like we were just we were just chatting, just like just chatting. She always makes people feel so comfortable. And I think that's why she is, is such a great uh, interviewer and why she does so well in her field inside of sports and, and outside of sports. You just feel like you're talking to a buddy. She is one of the most genuine people. You see these people sometimes on TV and they seem far removed. And then you have a conversation with her and you know she's like hold on for a second and she drinks like we do and you know she puts her clothes on the same way that we do she's just trying to raise kids that are be good people in this crazy world she's a good friend she's supportive of her husband I mean just a a, just a tremendous person I can't say enough about her so uh, keep listening to her podcast keep listening to my little podcast please we appreciate the support like everything you always I always tell you guys you can find it all on my website www.monicadlivingston.com you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast Spotify Apple etc but do me a favor this week share it with somebody especially this episode share 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 and I'll see you guys next week this has been another episode of the huddle with me Monica D Livingston Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.